Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast, a show where uh, each week teams of, pod- of Movies by Minutes podcasters talk about uh, the 1946 William Wyler directed feature, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of the Rocketeer Minute and the Apollo 13 Minute. And I'm Hal Bryan of the Rocketeer Minute and other minutes as required. And I'm Chris Henry tagging along with these guys from the Apollo 13 Minute. And today we're welcoming back Sarah Kozlov uh, to join us in the conversation about uh, the best years of our lives. Sarah, thank you for coming back again. It's my pleasure again. Uh, Sarah, we are in the minute 89 now where uh, it's Homer is Homer is trying to figure out what, you know, how, how to do this himself. And of course, Wilma doesn't agree that right. he can do it himself. Um, but it's uh, it's such an interesting uh, minute here where we go from, uh, well, we're going for the, his, the daytime problems of Homer at the beginning here, where he's trying to figure out how to do things by himself and then going to the nighttime, uh, part of Homer where he's again, dealing with, dealing with doors and doorknobs and just daily life. Um, so many shadows in this scene. We, we talked about this yesterday's episode that, uh, uh, light, light and shadow play important roles in uh, Greg Tolan's ability to tell the story with William Wyler. Um, we watch uh, uh, Wilma has this discussion at the beginning where she's talking. She she's come into the light and is telling Homer how much she could help uh, uh, Homer, but he's he's pushing her away. And she instantly goes from when he tells her, "I've got to figure this out for myself." She goes into the shadow as she leaves, um, and it's so so much a part of uh, of that, that that light and dark storytelling. Oh yeah. Um, it's also, uh, it's this one setup is very frontal yeah. and, uh, right. It's just, you know, as if, as if they were standing in front of us in a proscenium, it's not on yeah. angle in any way. And I do argue in my BFI book that one of the reasons that best years feels like a classic from the very beginning is because of this use of um, this frontal composition. It's, uh, it's, it's the opposite of edgy. It's declaring itself. Yes. This, here are these two young people um, and we are watching them just straight on with no tricks. And again, as you had said uh, yesterday, Sarah, we were talking about painting with light uh, in this scene. It's everything uh, about it. It's it's frontal and things. We've got some tools lit in the foreground, but you know their torsos are basically in shadow. Uh, but uh, uh, Homer and Wilma's faces are are lit, and of course, you know your eye goes to where the lighting is, mm-hmm. and it's. <clears throat> It's odd to imagine, you know, just being out in the the woodshop and and in real life and finding yourself lit like that. But it just it looks so natural. But it really does strike me that this is, you know, this is uh, Toland saying, "No, I, this is where I want your eyes to go, and this yeah. is how I'm going to steer you there." Directly onto Wilma's face, really. Right. Yeah, that's true. It does all lead to her. It's also interesting to me the the shadow of Homer's hair. Yeah, uh, on her, and just you know, you, it it looks a bit chaotic from the front, but it looks even more so when you just see the the detail of the shadow that's cast on her. Yeah, uh, and, how- she, and, I, and she becomes a shadow at that point. She, she becomes the shadow that you know Homer's kind of forgotten about her. 
Right. Uh, and that, and when when she goes to the outdoors, uh, as we we're talking about yesterday, when the world gets askew, things turn into like diagonals. When she's out, when she's outdoors, she's kind of a, this anonymous person. You don't see her face. It reminds me of um, well, the year following would be uh, Maya Darren's Meshes of the Afternoon, where she kind of. It it, she, it seems like this is the same old story, and she's just vanishing into the into the bushes. Hmm. Um, well, and it, it's funny too that that scene where she walks away. So we go outside, and you know we're panning to follow her uh-huh. as she moves. It it feels like, uh, and forgive me if I'm going to get my my uh, terminology wrong. It feels more like we're tracking, like we're moving along with her. But I think it is just a pan, and yeah. it's interesting that we we follow her, we follow her, follow her, and then she speeds up, and then we lose her too. Yeah. You know, she's she getting away from bush Yeah, she goes behind the bush and then and then that scene actually dissolves. There's an actual yeah. resolve yeah. in the next one. But this that sense that, you know, okay, so she's she's run out, we're going with her, but we can't keep up with her. Right. You know, she's she's gotta leave us uh, our scene just as she just left the scene with Homer. I have to be a little blatant and obvious. Um this whole bit with the gun. Um, if, if you are disabled in some way, um, you are unmanned and, uh, Weiler, I mean, Freudianism was, um, very au courant in the forties in Hollywood. Weiler knows this, this is not accidental. Uh, and Homer is trying to prove to himself and to Wilma that he still, you know, can hold a gun and can shoot a gun, that even though he's lost his hands, he's still a man. Um, I find it a little, you know, a little too blatant, but. Uh, no. Especially with a, with a giant saw hanging in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and the drill. Let's not yeah. forget the drill. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, but it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's so. It, it feels like you like you've just as Hallie, as you were saying yesterday, it feels like you're at somebody's house where they're having a fight and you just don't want to be there. It's it's these are people that you care about. There are no. Well, there's very few bad guys in this in this movie. I mean, there's the guy at the drugstore and. Uh, right. It, it, but the, the bad the bad guy is time and the war itself. And uh, they, these, you know, what? Yeah, it's there's so many ways of reading the enigmatic title of the best years of our lives. Well, you know, well, I, I uh, Sarah, you point out in in your book that it's the best years of our lives, not r- rather than what Marie says about the best years of my life. Right. Uh, that this was a shared thing, and it was it was what America, what the world was coming home to, uh, is that we lost the bet. These are the chances of our happiness were were wiped out in the war, and do, are are we going to find out that we don't have a chance of the best years of our lives? And, uh, you know, I think. Homer's feeling that and Wilma's starting to feel that too. This is kind of the low point of Wilma's life. Yeah. Um, Wilma is so um, interesting as a 40s woman. Um, She's unbelievably brave in bringing up topics. You know, when she comes over in the night and says, uh, I don't want to, my family wants me to leave you, but I don't want to leave you. Um, so she's not being coy or flirtatious. She speaks her mind. Yeah. But what she wants is to be a nurturer, to take care of 
peril. She de uh, Weiler doesn't give her any other life of her own. No, she's. I mean, she's there. You know, she she shows up at the parish house just because her parents are there. But she's, you know, she's. I I think you point this out in your book that a lot the women in this. Uh, show in in this movie are all caretakers that right. uh, Millie Millie's a caretaker getting getting Frederick March's boots off and things like that and right. making sure that she got he got him home uh, and Peggy of course in the in the the, uh, the Gadowski scene in the bed of yeah. calming him down and it's all you know calming them down as they're going to bed um, it's, it's women as the antidote for PTSD yeah yeah and uh, you know Marie doesn't I, I, I Marie's always so enigmatic to me in this movie because she's she's not exactly like it, it, we're supposed to think of her as the bad girl because she wasn't there for her man but it, she wasn't prepared for what was going to happen and not everybody is you know as saintly as Wilma right right and she didn't know uh Fred the way Wilma has lived you know next to Homer all these years they were it's a whirlwind uh, pre-war marriage. Um, so I, I don't think we're supposed to, to, uh, think that badly of, of her. She just, she wasn't prepared. They didn't, yeah. they didn't have the years of love behind them. And she was expecting that, you know, she married an officer and a gentleman and that he was going to be a massive success and they were going to have that happily ever after thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it didn't turn out that way for you know for any of them it, the the world they came back to wasn't the one that they were trying to save. Uh, Al Al thought that there would be help for veterans like him and that he could be a, a part of that. And it turns out that you know the wheels of the wheels of commerce don't run that way at the bank. Um, uh, Homer is trying to figure out his life and uh, his potential father-in-law is telling him, well, you got to get back out there and get a job because, you know, you can sell, you can sell this disability really good if you're in the insurance racket. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, that's, that's the help that he didn't need. And, uh, you know, and Fred, Fred thought he was, Fred thought like Marie, Fred thought, oh, I'll come back. I'll get any job I want. I'll probably manage that store rather than being a soda jerk. And it, it didn't turn out that way for him. Um, but uh, it, it's, gosh, it's so, con you could write a book about, well, you did, Sarah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, um, I, I got I, I do want to ask, how, how did you choose, choose uh, this topic as, as a book? Were you approached by BFI or did you? Um, no, I approached them. Oh, I, I have loved Weiler for a long time. I mean, he's not quite as famous as John Ford or Howard Hawks, um, but I found him more consistent. And there's just something about his uh, sincerity and lack of irony that I, I love Dead End, which is about you sure. know poor boys in New York. I love. I think Roman Holiday is one of the nicest uh, romances ever filmed. I think The Children's Hour, which is about lesbianism, was very brave. Um, I I so I liked you know. And then among his work, Best Years is is the most famous, and yet in some ways also overlooked um it came out the same year as um the capra's film um uh, it's a wonderful life yeah it's a wonderful life and i'm sure that more people know it's a wonderful life than best years 
Whereas, yeah, this isn't really a Christmas movie, though. <laughs> is, nor actually is It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. If you, I mean, the, it has that darkness too. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, you can see you can see elements of Capra and uh, and Weiler overlapping, and they both experienced war. I mean, Capra experienced it through making the Why We Fight series, and uh, mm-hmm. you can see why they went in, why they went into business together to create Liberty Films, even though that kind of didn't. I mean, other it, it's a Wonderful Life and uh, State of the Union. I think were the only two Liberty films, but uh, it's. I think they were trying to get away from, they wanted to tell their stories rather than have tell the studio stories, right, which, right. Um, and, and Weiler, I think Weiler wanted to tell stories about people more than anything else. He, every, every Weiler movie I can think of, you know, by the time you get out of the movie, you know, all the people, you know, what motivates them, what drives them. And you feel for all of them, even the bad guys. Uh, and well, know why they're there. Yeah. Weiler's, um, Cruz won more Academy Awards than any other, uh, the actors for any other director. Um, he really was able to get the best performances out of his cast. Um, and I think it's because he, he liked them. He cared about them. He was a nice man. Um, whereas when you read about other directors, John Ford was a son of a bitch. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> that is my favorite he, quote of the week, I can guarantee yeah. you. <laughs> he was nasty. Um, and um, Philip Dunn, who is a screenwriter, said talent doesn't usually um, care who it comes to. But in Weiler's case, it came to, you know, a really wonderful person. And I think you see that in his films. Yeah, I, I think he actually, he cared about the, the other people's craft. He he trusted in the ability of actors to, to tell a story and he let them, he kind of gave them uh, free, not free reign, but he, he allowed them to be the, the characters that, that they were trying to portray. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I, I try to compare him with like, say Hitchcock at the same time. Hitchcock always complained, well, the famous quote from Hitchcock that he envied Walt Disney because he, when Disney got tired of his uh, actors, he could tear them up. So, yeah, and uh, and and uh, Hitchcock said that his um, actors were cattle. Yeah, and then he was he was bored on the set because he'd mapped it all out in his mind, and um, it was just going through it to film it. And then also Hitchcock, um, you know, tortured his women <laughs> actresses. I once gave a conference paper called Weiler's Women because uh, for a Hollywood director, um, there's something more um, respectful and more human about the way he treats his women characters than uh, many of the other uh, Hollywood um star directors yeah even in, even like his uh i mean more noir stuff like like detective story the the women still come through as human beings for one thing yeah uh i uh but while, while we're talking about this uh i know that you you've you've written on the bechdel test that which unfortunately this film fails because <laughs> <laughs> it's all about three men um 
but uh, I know that you've you've written a, a series of uh, fantasy books that uh, kind of are the, Be- the Bechdel test uh, personified, uh, that where you're focusing on strong female characters that don't yeah. necessarily and involve the help of a good man. amongst female characters. Yes, I've actually retired from teaching film history, and I've started a second career as a novelist. And my first venture is an epic fantasy series called The Nine Realms, which is really my rewriting The Lord of the Rings as if Aragorn were a woman. Um, but then it didn't, there's no elves, there's no orcs, there's no Sauron. So um, uh, yeah, the Bechdel test and showing real relationships between women is, is important to me. And it is sad that uh, Wilma, Peggy, and um, uh, Millie, well, Peggy and um, Millie are in the same storyline, mother and daughter. Yeah, and and uh, Peggy and Marie for one brief shining moment, but that's, that flunks right there while they're in the, uh, the, the ladies' lounge. But they're talking um, about men, right. Yeah. <laughs> that was- my, favorite, my favorite moment in this in this whole long movie is when Peggy says, I'm going to break up that marriage. Uh, <laughs> don't expect demure, pretty, tiny Teresa Wright to be so bold. Yeah. Guns a blazing. It, it's, it's always fun watching this in a, in a film class. If you're watching this in, in like a large group, when they show that, when they get to the, I'm going to break this marriage up, uh, it, there's a sizable percentage of the of the uh, audience that busts out laughing because it's just like, <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, the but one she, thing I'll say is, early, at least for me, and this is just my own my own personal, uh, I guess, testament here is, you know, as a kid watching this because I watched it as a kid because of the B-17s and the airplanes. Because yeah. I was, I'm an airplane. I work at an aviation museum. I'm an airplane nerd. Um was that the heroes of the film were obviously, you know, the guys coming back from war. And as I've gotten older, especially in the last few years, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, certainly Wilma is one of the heroes of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of, and, and I know she's, you know, they're, um, uh, you know, uh, I guess as a, as a wanting to be the nurturer of her, of her, fiance and then later husband of course but you know it, it, it she's a strong like you said earlier she's a strong woman and that that, that that's that's just heroic and it says 1946 i mean right, um right. I, I just i i really kind of as we're going through this i kind of see i don't know i as personally i've kind of seen wilma as one of the heroes of the movie i i think you're right um and i think i think weiler sees her that way um, speaking about echoes and chimes, um, we're just going to go into um, seeing Homer get ready for bed with his father. Uh, and we have to see that so that we understand the next scene when he goes to get ready for bed with Wilma, right? It's again yeah. in that Chekhovian way, preparing us. Yes. for how unmanned how helpless he is without and how and how brutal it is to have to lose both your hands uh in a war 
Yeah, and it's uh, and as as we were talking earlier, that the lighting as as we get to the end of this minute, the lighting gets darker and darker and more ominous. So we're even if we're not being told directly. Oh, by the way, this might not you know might might be unsafe for for uh, younger members of the audience or things like that. We uh, well, we can we can talk a little bit more about that uh, uh, on tomorrow's episode. But uh, it, it does seem there's and the music the music is getting more ominous. We're getting down to the lower the lower brass and things. As, as we're ending the minute, but uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that that tomorrow, um, Sarah. When uh, people are looking for your books, where can they find you? Oh well, it's very easy because you just look up sarahkozloff.com. I have a website, doesn't everybody? <laughs> and um, and uh, it talks about my books. It also, um, there's a page about my scholarship. You can see the other things I've written. Uh, another um, major article on Weiler, um, a book on film dialogue. Um, and then there's a blog of my thoughts about literature. Um, so it's just my name, sarahkozloff.com. Awesome. Okay, well, uh, we'll we'll check that out. Uh, for uh, people listening in, uh, you can find our uh, all of our previous episodes. Uh, gosh, we're really almost into an hour and a half of this movie now. Uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> with only another hour to go. Uh, the uh, uh, you can find us on the Best Minutes podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or at the main site, thebestminutes.com. Uh, on social media, if you'd like to talk more about uh, the minutes that we've been talking about, uh, always happy to see you on Butch's Place, the Best Years of Our Lives Listeners Cafe on Facebook and on Twitter at The Best Minute. Uh, anyway, we will return tomorrow as, uh, as we watch Homer go to bed. Uh, so join us here tomorrow, please, on the Best Minutes podcast. Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.